Hi, and welcome to Global Natives. I'm your host, Rosario Sutton. My guest for this episode is Lyle Thompson. Lyle is an American professional lacrosse player. He currently plays for the Chesapeake Bayhawks of Major League Lacrosse, the Georgia Swarm of the National Lacrosse League, and is also a member of the Iroquois Nationals team. He is the NCAA's all-time leading scorer and someone universally regarded as one of the best lacrosse players in the world. In spite of his well-deserved accolades and his love of the sport, so too is the love of his culture and heritage. These Onondaga roots have been embedded into Lyle from birth when he grew up being taught the game by his father and one which has been played by his ancestors for centuries, long before it became a mainstream and worldwide sport. It is pertinent that we acknowledge that the foundation of lacrosse is wholly and uniquely of Native American origin, specifically from the Haudenosaunee people who view the game as a gift from their creator. It originated as a sacred ceremonial game when there was a request to heal the sick, resolve conflict, and make peace among the nations. With that said, Lyle, thank you for joining me, and I'd like to start off by asking you, what does De Wa'alado and your Onondaga roots signify to you? First, thanks for having me on and looking forward to, to this conversation. The game of lacrosse, and I always call it a game because, you know, it's, it's slowly turning into a, a sport as far as the mindset and the way people view the game is really taking a new approach. And I don't necessarily think it's the, the best approach for the game in honoring the game. But I would say what, what the game means to me is it's, it's got a whole lot of life lessons. It's taught me how to respect. It's taught me how to operate with a clear mind, something that's sort of very repetitive within our traditions and our culture. And then it's, it's just taught me how to have fun, how to make things playful and make things fun. Because right from when I was a kid, that was what came natural, especially when it came to sport athletics was like I knew how to make make sure I was having fun and make things playful whether I was with my brothers or not so I do think that the game of lacrosse is it's got a really rich history and a lot of important lessons within it and the great thing about the way I was taught the game was I learned it through my culture Um, my father taught us with a lot of emphasis on treating our stick with respect and understanding where our stick comes from in that being like it's, it's a traditional wooden stick. I, I grew up using a traditional wooden stick until I was like 12, 13 years old. And I was taught the values of that stick, where it comes from, a living tree, where the netting comes from, which is the word Dewa Alada in the Mohawk language. That means it doesn't have a literal meaning, but it describes the netting in the stick, how it goes in and out of each other. So that netting is made from typically leather. And then the, the cat gut, what they call cat gut, is made from like the gut of a deer, typically. So all these things coming from living things. And, and when you talk about culture, when you talk about religion, we don't, we don't have a religion. We have sort of, we always say we have a way of life. And for me, the game of lacrosse helped me understand that we're connected. We're connected to all things, all living things. And those were part of my first lessons from the game, from what my parents taught me when it came to the game of lacrosse. 
Well, certainly your reverence for your heritage and Dewa Alado is truly tantamount and it extends further out spiritually than you just solely playing competitively. You didn't grow up just playing it to play as it is an intrinsic part of tribal identity. The way you've described the symbiosis with the stick that you're given, how it's made, how the basket is weaved, the significance of the ball, and various other connotations that someone that does not hold similar origins may not fully comprehend, right? So how do you reflect on the difference between appropriately honoring the roots of the game and unwillful or willful ignorance to where this game hails from and the fundamental value it holds? Yeah, I think for me, in really just starting to to learn more about myself and learn more about the state of, of the sport, the state of the game of lacrosse and how we're starting to to treat the spirit of the game. Because in my eyes, I always like, like to sort of personify it and make it make it so that the game itself has spirit. And there, there's a certain way we should honor that spirit. There's a certain way we should honor the game. Because across the lacrosse community, you always hear people say, we want to honor the game, we want to honor your people. Even with the mascot issues, a lot of the issues that natives face it's always, that's always the answer. That's always sort of the, the colonial answers. We're honoring you. And it just so happens they're, they're really not, and they're just saying it. And I think native, the native people, indigenous people across the world are being used and we're, we're trending. You know what I mean? Like something about us must be trending. You see our names on cars. You see our, our jewelry being, made on a much bigger scale, I should, I guess you should say, being manufactured, you see us being mascots. And in the game of lacrosse, all these things, it's the same thing. And I think when you talk about honoring the game, when I talk about honoring the game, I want to make sure that people understand what that actually means. And you have to understand how to respect the game. You have to understand what comes with the true values of the game. And, and to me, it's making sure you're doing it for fun because it, it goes back to those those sort of core values I I said I, I've learned through the game, which is respect, optimism, and having fun. And when I look at the current state of the game, the game's being used for profit. It's being used for a way, self-image. It's being used for a way to get an education, which... All those things aren't necessarily bad, but at the root of, of it all, it's creating a mindset that I don't think is honoring the game because the way you honor the game is by making sure you're, you're passionate about it and you're having fun doing it, not by trying to dominate the game and try make it all about winning or losing or scoring a, a certain number of points or winning an award or a championship. Yes, those things are a part of sport, um, and being competitive is really important. And, and I'm a competitive person. I like to win. I like to compete. I like to make it create a competitive atmosphere, whether it's in practice or a game or in the backyard. So to me, I always like to make sure whenever I step on the floor or the field, I am in a clear state of mind. I, I just think I owe it to myself to be present while I'm playing and enjoy it the best possible. And I don't want to take advantage of the game and try to utilize it so so that it 
helps my own personal image. But at the end of the day, if I do honor the game, the way I talk about honoring the game, a lot of good things come along with it. Thank you for bringing attention to matters that Indigenous players such as yourself face and creating that awareness. You ask, is honoring really honoring? For example, putting an Indigenous name to a team or a mascot, rather than actually having deep-rooted conversations with Indigenous communities. I wanted to ask your thoughts on an issue I read about where the U.S. Lacrosse website had misappropriated tribal nations for their fundraising efforts and described them as the early participants of America's first sport, then labeled gift levels of donations after Native American tribes, like you mentioned, in honor of. How do you feel that is honoring and was there anything given to the indigenous communities? I understand that people took issue with this. What is your response in regards to that? Yeah, I mean, with sort of that specific situation, and that's what that that is one of those situations that really made me think deeper about what it what it does mean to honor the game, where you have people saying they're honoring the game and taking this approach to to honor our people, and they're not given anything back. They're just using our names for their own personal gain. And that's, that's where it's, to me, it's like, how, how do you not know what's right and wrong here? Especially when, when you're talking about indigenous people who are stripped of so much. And I mean, like who, who aren't, who aren't even on the playing field and, and you're utilizing that. So with that, and, and that's just one situation. So I think, it comes down to making sure uh, or hoping that people are willing to open their mind and have these conversations before just slapping a, a name on something or a mascot on something and making sure you're communicating these things first. There's asking the question first is to me always the right approach, getting other people's opinions, whether it's one person, the more, the better in my eyes, but, I think those are the reason I, I spoke out on that is because a lot of the the tribes listed were tribes I they, they were places I've been. The Seneca Nation, the Mohawk Nations, Cherokee Nation and and it was just weird to me for Lacrosse's governing body, US Lacrosse to utilize those names and not give anything back to those communities who could really use the help. I really had to break it down. I had to simplify it for a lot of people and help people understand it. And that's sort of the reason I spoke out on it. On a similar note, I'd like to talk about the Iroquois Nationals inclusion in the 2022 World Games, which I know you're going to be participating in. The Lacrosse World Games are by invitation only, the Iroquois Nationals being an elite team and those having invented the game were not invited. This drew international attention and it was not until Ireland's lacrosse team withdrew from the World Games next year, which allowed for the Iroquois lacrosse team to take a slot. My question to you is, where was the disconnect and what is your reaction now to being one of the eight teams competing? Yeah, I mean, taking a look at, at what had happened, you know, when I first seen the news, I seen it on Twitter and I, I was shocked. I thought it was sort of a, a typo or a misprint or some sort of mistake on their end. And then it, it sunk in by, you know, 
an hour and a half, two hours later that it's typical. It's, it's uh, something, it's not a surprise. And it was shocking. Yes, but not a surprise. It's something we, we've faced and we continue to face within especially the Iroquois nationals, but indigenous people as a whole. And again, you know, I always like to simplify things, break things down before I even speak on them. And when I looked at it, I was, I thought like, I wonder why, why they didn't give us an invitation. They, they did it on purpose. And I wonder why. And, you know, the assumption I came up with it was that the world lacrosse is trying to qualify the sport of lacrosse into the Olympics. So what this world games in Birmingham is, is, is a bunch of sports that are trying to qualify their sport into the Olympics. So whether it be whatever, I, I can't even think of a sport off the top of my head, but whatever sport isn't in the Olympics yet, they'd, they'd be in Birmingham trying to qualify for the Olympics. Lacrosse isn't in the Olympics yet. So I think world lacrosse believe that if the Iroquois nationals come to the world lacrosse games, it's going to hurt our chances into getting into the Olympics. So they said, let's just not give them an invite. Even though they're a top, they're, they're a medal team in every single FIL tournament since, you know, the last, well, the last two, two events um, in the outdoor and then the last like five events in, in the indoor. I might've mixed that up outdoor since 2000. 12 and then indoor since forever i believe but anyways back to sort of the story here lacrosse they didn't believe lacrosse they, they believed that iroquois nationals would hurt their chances into getting into the olympics and the reason they thought that was because the iroquois nationals are, wouldn't be recognized by the Olympics as a nation state, which is sort of a huge part of what the role the Iroquois Nationals has played in our fight for sovereignty is to be recognized for who we are. You know what I mean? Like I, I have played for the Iroquois Nationals since I could, since I was 15 years old. I played in the U19s. I've played for the men four times now. And I would never, even if there wasn't an Iroquois Nationals, I would never go try out for Team USA or Team Canada. And that's what they want me to do. That's what they want us to do. They want us to represent someone, a nation that we are not. They want us to be someone they're, they're not. And I think it all goes back to, you know, what had happened with residential schools and boarding schools where the old saying was, save the man kill the indian it's the, it's the same thing it's it's slowly take away who we are slowly take away us honoring who we are you know i i seen this this thing that's buzzing around social media right now with a new zealand government official got kicking kicking out of court being kicked out of court because of a tie he's wearing and you know i i think his point being looking at that situation and seeing that like, it's, it's not about the tie. It's, it's not at all about the tie. It's about that colonial mindset, trying to be more dominant and trying to be, make sure that 
I guess you're not different in that you're not who you are. You're, you're who they want you to be. And in the case of the Iroquois Nationals, that's something we've struggled with for a number of years now, being denied access into the World Games in England. Every four years, whether it's Finland or Israel, Australia, like every time I've been a part of the Iroquois Nationals and we have to travel across sea, it's, we have an issue at the airport. You know, our, our passports, they, we, have, we have trouble with getting our passports stamped and traveling under our passports. And we're not going to travel under another country's passport because that's not who we are. And that's not who we want to be. We want to represent our people and we want to be um, native to, to who we are. The history of our country's native roots are deeply embedded and intertwined. Fortunately, there are organizations like For the Future Foundation that help promote indigenous youth in sports. This organization, founded by your brothers, Jeremy, Jerome, Miles, and yourself, provides opportunities to indigenous youth and other marginalized communities, whereby through lacrosse, embracing traditions, pathways, and other avenues into athletics and community-based opportunities are opened up to youth that otherwise might not have athletic outlets or mentorships. Can you talk a bit more about the mission of the foundation, how it came to be, and how we are able to sort of solve some of these issues that have been raised? Yeah, I mean, our main thing was when we first started, you know, when I first graduated, I was able to sign on with with Nike, become a, a Nike athlete, and then seven ambassador, start my own company, and really live off the, the game of lacrosse. And I had the opportunity to travel to a lot of a lot of cool places, and all from all from the game of lacrosse um, helped me travel around the world and. What I found was I w- we would put on these events and go to different communities and sometimes in the suburbs, sometimes on a reservation in the middle of nowhere. And whenever we went to a reservation to put on our events, we would obviously charge money for those. And we just felt bad doing it. And it felt like it was we were going to a place that couldn't afford us but yet still charging them. So, and then this, this, the bigger part of the picture here was just being able to be in these places and see what it was like outside of the reservations we grew up on, which was Akuzasne and in Onondaga and see how different they were and see how, how much more of a struggle and how much, how much harder it would be to, to have access to information where they are and have access to opportunity, whether that be through pursuing sport, pursuing anything that that you might be, any child or youth might be passionate about. It just sent very limited and in a much harder road. And when we seen that, we wanted to find a way to help, find a way to make it cheaper so that one, we could we could help where we could, on the ground, but that only goes so far. At the end of the day, we want to make sure we're creating, like I said, access to information and access to opportunity. And we're going to do that by a huge part of our mission is to work on creating leadership qualities within these communities. Because at the end of the day, when you have a leader and you have someone to look up to, 
it creates this domino effect. And, and I look at sort of my own personal journey in the people I've looked up to. I grew up without running water, without electricity until I was 11, 12 years old. Spent limited time inside. Education wasn't a focus of my parents. So in their parenting style, I didn't have to come home and do homework. There was no pursuit to get an education and go to college until I was a bit older and even older for my, my three older brothers. So I guess to my point was the leader I looked up to was my father and he was able to be a good enough leader that he instilled good qualities in his kids and that was able to be passed on. So it created this domino effect. And I look at the impact that has come from my father and his father and, and my mother and, and my grandparents and the domino effect that it's, it's played. And I want to be able to treat the youth. You know, we always say seven generations and move your generation. And that's what I want to be able to do. I want to be able to help wherever I can. And that's sort of the whole our whole mission with our foundation for the future. That's awesome, Lyle. And you know, as someone that drives through Western and upstate New York often, I smile when I drive by the sign that says Onondaga Nation, and I wish everyone that passed by understood the rich history of the Haudenosaunee Six Nations that exist in the area and Canada, and the contributions they have provided, lacrosse being one of them. I would like to thank Lyle for taking the time out to speak to us today and bringing enlightenment and insight on a sport that he and his ancestors have regarded so highly and one that remains at the heart of each Haudenosaunee community. Lacrosse is a true North American indigenous sport with direct ties to ceremonial and cultural life. There is power and significance in recognizing who created the sport and what inherent spiritual ties it has to those who consider it a part of their traditions, cultural passions, and community healing. And so Lyle, I wish you much success in your Dewa Alado career and beyond. Thank you and to our listeners for joining us on Global Natives. Thanks for having me on.